Listener-driven Jazz 88. Joining us on the morning show, staff writer and columnist for the Minnesota Spokesman Recorder, Charles Hallman is here. Charles, thanks for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So you'd recently published an article about the renaming of one of the clubhouses at the Hiawatha Golf Course. Can you talk a little bit about who this was renamed after and kind of the history of that? Oh, it was named after Solomon Hughes Sr., who was passed away many years ago, but he was a, a very good golfer. One of the first Black golfers who tried to play on the MPGA, but was mm-hmm. not allowed to because he was Black, but had won many tournaments over the course of the years while he worked as a Pullman porter. So therefore, he did his golf, you know, on his free time, so to speak. But he won many tournaments. Last tournament he won, and when he was in his 80s, Uh, about a year before he died. Very good golfer. He he spent a lot of time teaching young Blacks play golf as well as play golf himself. And High Waffle was his home court. And it's amazing that he played there, but he couldn't go into the clubhouse because of his skin color. So it's amazing that now the clubhouse is named after him. Uh, It was eventually rescinded and they allowed Blacks to come in. But for many years, he was not allowed to go in the clubhouse he could play on the courts. It was a very significant historical moment. It took about three years of process to get it approved by the park board. I never met the man, but I met his family and very proud moment for him and his family, as well as the legacy of black golfers in the the Twin Cities. Yeah, what a cool way to honor him and other black golfers. Uh, You touched a little bit on this process. Do you know a whole lot about what went into renaming the clubhouse? And as we've been renaming uh, certain landmarks, I know Minneapolis Public Schools that I work for renamed a couple of schools over the summer. Do you think this process is getting easier or is it still a lot of hurdles to get something like this to happen? It's still a lot of hurdles because you have to get full approval. First of all, you got to convince the the park board commissioners, in this case, you know, why they want to rename anything and go through a process of getting public feedback and go back and forth on that. So it takes about two to three year process. They're now trying to do that for Worth Park as well. They're trying to rename that clubhouse after a black golfer as well, because Worth Park was also a place where blacks played golf, but they weren't allowed to go in the clubhouse. Well, yeah, the other process, I think anytime you want to change names, it can be a process because you got to convince people, especially if people wasn't around during the time when that person was famous, that person did what they did, decide that, yeah, okay, is it worth changing the name? So, yeah, it is, because the name, in this case, it had no name, so therefore it has a name now, but in some places they had names of people who shouldn't be named after because yeah. of their, yeah. their their contribution that they made in society, which wasn't all that positive. So, yeah, it's a, it's a jumping hoop. But if, if it's worth it, and you hope that the families can see the fruits of that labor at the end of the process. And I imagine that representation is important to you, especially among Black youth. Can you talk a little bit about what this means to the Black community and to young Black potential golfers? Well, Hiawatha has always been a, a historical landmark in a sense but that's where Blacks gathered in the 40s and the 50s and 60s. They gathered there not just to play golf, but they ate, they had picnics and those type of things. So it's very significant. And in this case, in Mr. Hughes' case, there's a golf academy named after him as well. It helps okay. to show young Black youth that they can play the sport. We, the sport is still primarily white and it's expensive, but if they can get into it and stay in it, they can be successful. Mr. Hughes could have easily stopped playing golf. He could have went on and done something else. He kept playing it, and he showed the perseverance 
And that can, that can set up an example for young people today that despite somebody tell you you can't do something, you can still do it. You just have to have some initiative and some imagination and hopefully that you can, uh, you know, stick to it and you get some help along the way. I think Mr. Hughes would say that if he was alive today, that, you know, he wasn't doing anything special. He wanted to play golf. He loved playing yeah. golf. He just wanted to be able to do it and be able to do it like anybody else could do it. And when he wasn't allowed to, he decided to find a way to do it and continue to play the game and, and gave that love of his off the game to his family and to people who knew him and people who were around him. So therefore, definitely a lot of joy when the name when the renaming happened recently. That is so cool. Uh, to do any sport until you're the age of 80 is amazing. Charles, I know that you've written a little bit more about the Hiawatha Golf Course. Can you kind of give us an outline of what's happening there right now? There's a plan, a master plan by the park board that's been out for about two or three years, making the course instead of a 18-hole course, a nine-hole course, they're using the rationale, the water levels and things like that. It's being very hotly contested by the Black community because, again, you're, you're changing a course that was, it was already an 18-hole course. Uh-huh. It's already a, a tournament-ready course, so you're going to play tournaments, you're going to play, you know, 18 holes, and you're going to reduce that to nine and using excuses such as water, which has been a problem for years. There's two plans out. There's one by the park board that's been tabled right now. And there's one that's being an alternative plan being pushed by many people, including Tom Leyland, who's from Minnesota, who got involved in this in terms of redesigning the course so it can be an 18-hole course and be as they're also registering with the National Register of Historical Places. So hopefully if that comes through that will have to stop the park board from really doing what they want to do. You can't mess with historical places once it's been lesser like that. But they, the concern is now the new board members, the seven new board members, will they be as committed as the last board members to change the name from from no name to Mr. Hughes? You know, okay. they don't, they're not sure about this group and how they are seeing that as being important as well. So it's a, it's a fight that's there. We wrote about it. We hope to continue to write about it because the decision has been made. There won't be another decision or vote for it until next year. By that, hopefully by that time, they will help to sway the members to see it their way and keep it as an 18-hole course. I will uh, link to those articles at jazz88.fm. Charles Hallman, staff writer and columnist with the Minnesota Spokesman Recorder. Thanks so much for the time this morning. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you as well. Be safe out there, please.